all set, Dave. All right. Well, good morning. Uh, welcome to our Sunday School, uh, our continued study of the book of Jeremiah. Uh, we'll be starting in chapter 20 and going through chapter 21, hopefully, uh, is the plan for today. But before um, we get into the text, uh, let me open our time together with a word of prayer. Let's pray. <clears throat> Gracious God, we thank you uh, for your faithfulness, though we confess uh, our own uh, fickle and faithless hearts. Uh, you are a covenant-keeping God who keeps your word, uh, who keeps your word uh, to, to bless, but also keep your word uh, to, to judge and to bring judgment. Uh, and even as we'll read today, we will see that judgment uh, come upon uh, your people, uh, that the people, uh, your people, uh, you uh, declare that um, you will bring harm to them uh, because of the sin uh, they have done, um, and that in your justice, uh, your wrath will pour forth on them. Lord, we thank you that that wrath that uh, we too deserve uh, was poured out on our Savior Jesus Christ, that he took um, the penalty that our sins deserves and gave us the righteousness that we need to stand before a holy, holy, holy God. So we praise you for your faithfulness uh, in keeping our side of the covenant, uh, just as you keep your side always uh, through our Savior, Jesus Christ. So we pray that um, as you study, uh, as we study uh, your word today, that you would give us uh, humble hearts, uh, ears to hear, um, wills to do the things that you command us, uh, convict us of our own uh, sin, uh, as well as showing us our need for our Savior. Uh, guide us into all truth, we pray, by the power of your Holy Spirit, uh, through, our, through the matchless name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, uh, so as you turn with me in your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 20, uh, let me briefly remind you what we talked about last week. So last week we looked at chapter 19 and, uh, and then got into the first part of chapter 20. So chapter 19, if you recall, was um, Jeremiah took some of the religious and political leaders of Jerusalem out uh, to the Valley of Ben-Hinnom, or the Valley of Gehenna, as it's later called uh, in Jesus' time. Um, and, and there, he reminded them of the, the horrendous and abominable sins uh, that were uh, um, performed in that valley by um, people who uh, would sacrifice their very children uh, to the fires of gods who were not God at all. Um, and in that valley, as part of this sermon, we saw Jeremiah uh, dramatically shatter um, this uh, um, piece of pottery that he had brought with him um, to, to symbolize how God was going to shatter uh, his people. Um, and we talked a lot about how the judgment uh, fit the crimes that Judah themselves had committed. So then Jeremiah leaves the valley and goes to the temple uh, and gives uh, similarly dire predictions about uh, the nation's future. Uh, and then at the beginning of chapter 20, we see this uh, officer of the temple, Pasher, um, arrest Jeremiah, has him beaten and placed in the stocks to torture and humiliate uh, God's prophet. 
Um, in response, Jeremiah prophesied a change of name from the literal Aramaic meaning of pasture, fruitful all around, to terror all around. Uh, so this change from having a delightful name to uh, something terrible. Um, and we ended talking about how Pasher would, would be an eyewitness to Yahweh's handing over of Judah to the king of Babylon. He would see God give all the wealth of the city, all its gains, all its prized belongings, all the treasures of the kings of Judah into the hands of their enemies who shall plunder them and seize them and carry them to Babylon. Thus Pasher, uh, who God says has prophesied falsely and who abused God's real prophet, would experience firsthand that what Jeremiah said concerning Judah's future uh, was true and that Jeremiah was God's true prophet because what Jeremiah said would indeed come to pass. And uh, we, we ended sort of talking about how Pasher himself uh, would be an eyewitness to the truth of Jeremiah's word that he's just punished him uh, for proclaiming. So as we get into the uh, middle of chapter 20 or after this episode of between Pasher and Jeremiah, we have another one of Jeremiah's um, complaints, confessions, laments. Um, this one's definitely on the complaint side as we'll see. Um, and then we'll dig into chapter 21, uh, which turns our attention to kings, and it's gonna, we're going to start getting into sections of Jeremiah that, that start getting specific. Uh, and what I mean by that, like, you know, we know exactly when he's saying messages. So, you know, prior, he, he hasn't given us a lot of dates or in the reign of King so-and-so. It's, it's been a general compilation of his prophetic word. Um, we're with chapter 21, we're going to get to start to see very particular times and places and people to whom Jeremiah's and God's word is being addressed. So um, I'm going to read the entirety of chapter 20 and 21. It, they're both short, so don't worry. Uh, um, but even though we'll be picking up midway uh, in verse 7 of chapter 20, but just to remind us, um, the episode that immediately precedes Jeremiah's complaint, because uh, I think the, the, the two are connected. So hear now the word of God, uh, beginning in uh, Jeremiah chapter 20. Now Pasher, the priest, the son of Immer, who was chief officer in the house of the Lord, heard Jeremiah prophesying these things. Then Pasher beat Jeremiah the prophet and put him in the stocks that were in the upper Benjamin gate of the house of the Lord. The next day, when Pasher released Jeremiah from the stocks, Jeremiah said to him, The Lord does not call your name Pasher, but terror on every side. For thus says the Lord, Behold, I will make you a terror to yourself and to all your friends. They shall fall by the sword of their enemies while you look on. And I will give all Judah into the hand of the king of Babylon. He, will sh he shall carry them captive to Babylon and shall strike them down with the sword. Moreover, I will give all the wealth of the city, all its gains, all its prized belongings, and all the treasures of the kings of Judah into the hands of their enemies, who shall plunder them and seize them and carry them to Babylon. And you, Pasher, and all who dwell in your house shall go into captivity. To Babylon you shall go, and there you shall die. 
and there you shall be buried, you and all your friends to whom you have prophesied falsely. Now, beginning the passage, we'll start with today. O Lord, you have deceived me, and I was deceived. You are stronger than I, and you have prevailed. I have become a laughingstock all the day. Everyone mocks me. For whenever I speak, I cry out. I shout violence and destruction. For the word of the Lord has become for me a reproach and derision all day long. If I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, there is in my heart, as it were, a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I am weary with holding it in, and I cannot. For I hear many whispering, terror is on every side. Denounce him, let us denounce him. Say all my close friends, watching for my fall, perhaps he will be deceived that we can overcome him and take our revenge on him. But the Lord is with me as a dread warrior. Therefore, my persecutors will stumble. They will not overcome me. They will be greatly shamed, for they will not succeed. Their eternal dishonor will never be forgotten. O Lord of hosts, who tests the righteous, who sees the heart and the mind, let me see your vengeance upon them, for to you have I committed my cause. Sing to the Lord, praise the Lord, for he has delivered the life of the needy from the hand of evildoers. Cursed be the day on which I was born, the day when my mother bore me. Let it not be blessed. Cursed be the man who brought the news to my father. A son is born to you, making him very glad. Let that man be like the cities that the Lord overthrew without pity. Let him hear a cry in the morning and an alarm at noon, because he did not kill me in the womb, so my mother would have been my grave and her womb forever and her womb forever great. Why did I come out of the womb out from the womb to see toil and sorrow and spend my days in shame? This is the word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah from the Lord when Zedekiah sent to Pasher, the son of Malchiah, and Zephaniah, the priest, the son of Maaseiah, saying, Inquire of the Lord for us, for Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, is making war against us. Perhaps the Lord will deal with us according to all his wonderful deeds and will make him withdraw from us. Then Jeremiah said to them, Thus you shall say to Zedekiah, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Behold, I will turn back the weapons of war that are in your hands, and with which you are fighting against the king of Babylon and against the Chaldeans who are, who are besieging you outside the walls. And I will bring them together in the midst of this city. I myself will fight against you with outstretched hand and with strong arm and anger and in fury and in great wrath. And I will strike down the inhabitants of this city, both man and beast, and they shall die of a great pestilence. Afterward, declares the Lord, I will give Zedekiah, the king of Judah, and his servants, and the people in this city who survived the pestilence, sword and famine, into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and into the hand of their enemies, into the hand of those who seek their lives. He shall strike them down with the edge of the sword. He shall not pity them or spare them or have compassion. And to this people you shall say, thus says the Lord, Behold, I set before you the way of life and the way of death. 
He who stays in this city shall die by the sword, by famine, and by pestilence. But he who goes out and surrenders to the Chaldeans who are besieging you shall live and shall have his life as a prize of war. For I have set my face against this city for harm and not for good, declares the Lord. It shall be given into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall burn it with fire. And to the house of the king of Judah say, Hear the word of the Lord, O house of David. Thus says the Lord, Execute justice in the morning and deliver from the hand of the oppressor him who has been robbed, lest my wrath go forth like fire and burn with none to quench it because of your evil deeds. Behold, I am against you, O inhabitant of the valley, O rock of the plain, declares the Lord. You who say, who shall come down against us, or who shall enter our habitations? I will punish you according to the fruit of your deeds, declares the Lord. I will kindle a fire in her forest, and it shall devour all that is around her. Thus far, the reading of God's holy word may bless it as we speak of it together this morning. So let's start um, uh, with that latter part of chapter 20, um, where we have, once again, one of Jeremiah's um, confessions, complaints. We, we, we get a sense of the inner prophet uh, once again. So what, what's the substance of Jeremiah's complaint in the second half of chapter 20? <laughs> Yeah, he, 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 he doesn't, yeah, he, he wishes he wasn't born. He's like reached that um, George Bailey moment of it's a wonderful life. I wish I was never born. Um, uh, yeah, and, and notice like it's, he can't, it's, it's against the law for him to curse his parents. Um, so he curses the day of his born and he curses the poor guy who bore news <laughs> of his birth. Uh, but he doesn't curse his mother or father um, so, like, that would be uh, against the law. Um, but uh, he, he, he gets around it. <laughs> um, yeah, he's so miserable, he wishes he had never been born. Um, yeah, Chris.
Yeah, and, and I like how it, it, it kind of peaks. Like, he, he, he's low, 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 and then he, he returns to, like, that central truth there in 11, 12, 13. We're back to, and then we're back low again. <laughs> it's that roller coaster, and I think you're absolutely right, Chris, how, how this should resonate with us as part of the human condition. This is, like, we, we, we have this tendency to hold prophets um, and, and, you know, heroic biblical figures up at, like on a pedestal, like they're some kind of superheroes, uh, invincible to, you know, the kinds of wounds that would, you know, that, you know, we, we suffer from. And they're not. Like, Jeremiah is wounded by what people are doing to him. He's wounded by the things that people are saying to him. He's, he's hurting because he's, you know, preaching this message of violence and destruction. And over and over and over again, and nobody's repenting. And um, he's, at, he's at wit's end. Like, in the same way, like, we get tired and weary and, and feel useless. Um, uh, so so, so it's, it is so much <laughs> like us. <laughs> what does it mean to, to, to be, you know, faithful uh, in the midst of a situation where nobody wants to hear it and everybody's, you know, plotting against you? Like, he's just been thrown in the stocks. <laughs> um, and, like, you know, and, and I think, like, why did I come out of the womb to toil and sorrow and spend my days in shame? Like, it's a shameful thing to be, like, put in the stocks and everybody's mocking you. Like, this is, like, one of the worst experiences someone could have in that, that culture. Um, and, and he's just experienced it just for doing the things that God had told him to do. And so he, he vents, like uh, another word you use that I think is so true. Like he just lets it out <laughs> and, and rides the roller coaster. Like he knows things are true and he knows some of the things that are coming out of his mouth at this moment are false. <laughs> like he knows that the word for deceive there, it's actually stronger than that. It's, it's, it's more um, in the terms of like a rape, like you, you seduced me. Like you took me by unlawful means, so so that that idea of of deceit, it's like you know, it, it's this picture of he thought it was a marriage, but instead, you know, like he's feeling used and spent by God, and he's pouring out those those feelings to God, and uh, and as Chris says, like he comes back around, <laughs> like again, like deep down, he knows that. God is the one on his side. Um, and I love like uh, like 21, like how chapter 21 starts. It, it's literally, we don't know, because we don't know when 20 is taking place exactly, but it's at least a decade later. So like, you know, he's putting us in the last days of King Zedekiah. So, <laughs> so it's like, you know, Jeremiah vents, and then the story turns like, to the end, <laughs> and Jeremiah is still around, still prophesying the words of God. Um, so, so we know that God is, is is faithful. We don't get God's response to Jeremiah's venting, um, but we get God's we get that response in that God continues to do the things He said He would do for Jeremiah, which is put a hedge around him, make him a, a, 
a pillar, um, you know, make him like a fortress that no one will be able to stand against him. Yes, they're going to, to lash their, their abuses at him and they're going to throw him in prison and they're going to plot against his life, but God has his life and God's not going to take it, uh, take that life from him. He's going to preserve his prophet just as he promised he would, but in the moment, it, it's hard for Jeremiah, it's hard for us to remember that. Yeah, Job chapter 3, after this Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. And Job said, let the day perish on which I was born. And the night that said, a man is conceived, let that day be darkness. May God above not seek it, nor light shine upon it. So yeah, it is very much like, like Job, who in the midst of his suffering, cries out very similarly to, to Jeremiah. And, and wrestles, um, to use another word that um, Chris used, you know, wrestles with the, the things he knows and, and, and the things that he's experiencing at the moment. Like, it's, it's like, yeah, we, we want to interpret one through our circumstances, and that's not the way it works. Like, God's truth is what interprets our circumstances, not our circumstances dictating what God's truth is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, and and here, like, I think Jeremiah is really like, why'd you do this to me? <laughs> like, you know, you, you said I'd be a prophet and I'd speak your word to my people, and like, I thought that was going to be good. And <laughs> yeah, where where's the where's the people patting me on the back and saying, good job, we're so glad you're our prophet. Like, you sent me to these people, you said you were sending me for their good. And they hate me for it. They, they plot against me. Um, they turn my very words uh, against me. Uh, verse 10, for I hear many whispering terrors on every side. Remember, that's what um, Jeremiah had just renamed Pasher. Uh, you know, he, he, the Lord does not call your name Pasher, but terror on every side. So they take his, God's word that he spoke to someone else, and they're like mocking him with it. Like, you know, yeah, you're the one who's a terror on every side. Uh, you know, Mr. Terror on every side. Let's whisper and plot and, against you. Yeah, so he's not super happy with his, his circumstances. <laughs> um, he, and, and he's, yeah, blaming God for it. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, Venting, <laughs> I think, like he's letting off a lot of of of, of um, a lot of frustration uh, at this moment. Uh, yeah, Dave.
roughly. So we know Pasher, um, the first Pasher, is probably dragged off in that first captivity, which um, took place a little more than a decade before the final captivity. So, so, um, so the first Pasher disappears and so and is taken into captivity. And so most people think it happened with the first um, time Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, and then when we get to chapter 21, this is the end. Like this is, uh, it's, it's the um, final siege when um, Nebuchadnezzar is camped outside Jerusalem for a couple years. So yeah, roughly, probably about 10 years. that this is God's prophet who's been sent to them and they're whispering against him, they're denouncing him, they're watching for him to fall, like again, kind of like expectations, let's watch for a moment, he can slip up and then we can overcome and take our revenge on him. Like that, like the idea, like what, what's Jeremiah done to them that they need to take vengeance on, on him? Like, uh, like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely pointless reasons, and like, you know, it, it, like let's let's take him down because of he said this or he said that. Like, um, and and again, it's I think this is should be comforting for us because we know like this is not like if we feel um, isolated, um, if we feel weighed down by all the words being thrown at us and I, you know, frustrated at current circumstances to go back to Chris, like this is not new. <laughs> um, Jeremiah went through, went through this and lived through it. Like again, like, like it, why is 21 like right on the heels of this? Like I, it really does. Like, like a movie editor has like suddenly given us a glimpse of the end of the movies still in the middle <laughs> so we know Oh, Jeremiah is still around. <laughs> like it's, um, like I, I'm sure y'all have never done this before. Like flip to the last page of the book, and so if you know the main character is still around on the last page, whatever dire things going on page 57, <laughs> he's going to make it. <laughs> um, and and it's that idea. We know Jeremiah. God is going to keep His word to Jeremiah. He doesn't give a response to Jeremiah's complaint here in the moment, or if it does, Jeremiah didn't write it down for us. Um, but, but he answers in what he continues to do uh, for and around Jeremiah and is going to vindicate Jeremiah in the end. Like, you know, that Je like Jeremiah is not getting the, uh, the, maybe the glory from the people, um, but, but God will vindicate him. Yeah, great.
Yeah, and in the midst of like, of his frustration, like, and it's like a sandwich, like, <laughs> we've got his frustration and his frustration, and in the very middle of it is this, um, you know, like, you know, verse 13, sing to the Lord, praise the Lord, for he has delivered the life of the needy from the hand of evildoers, like, like in the middle of, of all this, um, that he's encountering from his circumstances and the people around him, like, he, he's, he's anchored, in a sense, on the truth of who God is. And as you say, like, I, I have a very similar circumstance, you know, you know, being converted out of a um, nominally or non-Christian household. And, and, and literally, I, I have people in my family who love it when I slip up. Like, love it when I have to apologize. Because, um, see, ha-ha, we knew this, like, you know, he's a hypocrite. Like, um, and in the midst of that, like, you know, it, you, you, you're anchored in what God has promised and what God, who God is. And that's what, you know, helps you to, to make it through the, the, the roller coaster of emotions from our circumstances, like <laughs> it's a roller coaster ride for, for Jeremiah and for us. Um, and the, the anchor point is, is fixing our eyes on, on our God and, and maker um, and trusting in the wisdom of his plan, even when we're questioning <laughs> the wisdom of that plan. Uh, yeah, Dave. Because, <laughs> like, as we'll see in the next chapter, like, it's not just they don't like his religious message. Um, you know, some of the people, like, uh, uh, this next Pasher, uh, Pasher, the son of Malchiah, um, it, and it, I couldn't find this Pasher last week. It was in the very next chapter. <laughs> I told you there were two Pashers. Um, <laughs> I couldn't remember where the second one was if I just, like, read ten more verses. Um that pastor later um, literally accuses Jeremiah of treason. Like, so if you think about this, um, especially the message he's about to start preaching in the next chapter where, you know, what should you do? Surrender. <laughs> Go over to the Babylonians. Like, like so he's, he, they don't like his spiritual message. And then, like, you know, when the judgment is actually befalling them, and, and he's telling them, like, in the midst of this judgment, what you should really do is, is, is you know, Nebuchadnezzar is God's instrument. Surrender yourself to God's judgment. He's not doing it because he likes the Babylonians and he's like some pro-Babylonian politician. He, he recognizes the Babylonians are God's instrument. So, therefore, accept your punishment by surrendering and you get to keep your life. Yes. Absolutely. Like, so they're taking his message and say he's just some pro-Babylonian, um, you know, prophet. Like, he, he's, he's just preaching this message because he likes the Babylonians and wants to hand our country over to them. He's a traitor. 
So it's, it's, they don't like his spiritual message. They don't like his political message either. Mike, you had your... He lasts through all of it. <laughs> like he, yeah, he lasts through all of it. And I love that, you know, that, that way. Like it, it, there's, God has put his spirit in him, as you say. Like, and that spirit is what's allowing him to, to endure and allowing him to continue to speak. Like, you know, I, I love how that verse nine is in here because like, you know, if this was us, it'd be like, why don't, why don't you just give up? Like, just, like, why endure this? Just stop. <laughs> like, that Like that would be, you know, our, our culture's advice uh, to us. Like, just stop. Like, and then you, you stop speaking, and, you know, the, the people denouncing you and whispering against you, they stop. Like, you know, if you stop, they'll stop. And he can't. <laughs> he tries. <laughs> if I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, there is in my heart, as it were, a burning fire shut up in my bones. I love that picture. Like, it's like it, like he's got to let it out. Like, he, he can't not speak God's word. Um, even though he knows that's what's bringing the whispering and the plots and the, the abuse, which, you know, is intensifying. Like, earlier in the book, when we first saw this, it was plots against him. Um, and, and then it was, you know, they're stinging him with words. You know, what's, Pasher has physically assaulted him um, for what he said. He's been arrested and physically beaten and tortured for speaking. So, you know, it, it's escalating. We'll see later open debates on whether or not he should be executed. We're gonna see him thrown in prison. We're gonna see him thrown in a cistern. Um, you know, the physical abuse, in a sense, is just starting, as Mike said, <laughs> and it's, and it's going to get worse. Um, uh, but, but God is with Jeremiah throughout, and God is still speaking and working through him. Yeah, Brian.
Yeah. So yeah, so all that, like again, like, you know, the idea that suffering should be a surprise to the Christian is, is nonsense. Like Christ told us, <laughs> you know, that, that this would be what, you know, we would have to endure these things. Um, but we endure them um, for the sake of that prize he's, he's won for us. Like, and so it's, we have to value the things that God has said and promised, again, more than our circumstances. And that's hard. Like, like, like let, let's face it, uh, and as Ronnie says, we're human. <laughs> it, it's hard uh, in life to, to, to make that assessment. Um, and, you know, and it's why we have to be constantly in God's word, reminding ourselves of God's word, encouraging one another with God's word, being in fellowship with one another, because um, just like Elijah um, in, in Kings, like, you know, he's just come off this amazing moment, and, and he wants to die. Um, and, and he complains, and he says, I'm all alone. And God says, no, you're not. <laughs> I, I've, got, I've got others out there. You're, you're, you're not alone. Um, and, and that's the kinds of things that we need to, again, kind of anchor ourselves uh, to, to the promises that God's made, to the truths of who God is, um, and, and to God's word, uh, and, to, and to rely on that spirit he's put within us. Yeah, Psalm thirty-one, thirteen. Yeah, Psalm thirty-one, thirteen uh, is very close to some of the words he's saying here. Like, yeah, and and the idea you can speak, you know, in the in the midst of crying out, you can cry out the things that scripture people in scripture cry out. Um, you know, use scripture to in, inform. Uh, your prayer life when you are enduring circumstances that um, are, are frustrating or, um, uh, you know, um, discouraging to you, um, use the word of God to help you endure those moments. Yeah, in chapter 31, yeah. Um, like, again, looking to what, what God is doing like, and God doing long-term. It's easy in the moment to forget about the end goal. <laughs> it's easy in the moment to forget about, oh, there's Jesus. <laughs> there's what he's done for me. There's what he has um, achieved that I could never achieve for myself. Like, in the moment, it's easy to lose sight of, of the big picture um, and, and this is a reminder um, to us, like, how we should be anchored in these moments. All right, well, let's uh, um, spend a little time on chapter 21. So, again, uh, we're, we're getting into a part of the book now where it's going to be increasingly more specific. 
Um, so the context of this seems to be um, based on the fact it's King Zedekiah and the Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, is making war against us. So this is probably, you know, somewhere in the, the siege of Jerusalem by Babylon before the, Jerusalem's ultimate um, destruction. Um, so in this moment, uh, I, I just, <laughs> the, the cheek, uh, Zedekiah um, now, <laughs> at the end, <laughs> sends for Jeremiah uh, and uh, inquires, uh, inquire of the Lord for us, for Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, is making war against us. Perhaps the Lord will deal with us according to all his wonderful deeds and will make them withdraw from us. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, like, it's just like, and uh, the other thing uh, to, to emphasize, we're going to bounce around like this is not chronology, like the second half of the book. We're given specific times and places, but they're not arranged chronologically. So we'll see some other uh, encounters of Jeremiah with Zedekiah. Um, so, you know, uh, keep this in mind. <laughs> like, this isn't their, like, uh, their, their first encounter. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's the first one re recorded for us. So it's like, so, like, the first impression is, perhaps the Lord will deal with us according to all his wonderful deeds and will make him withdraw from us. Um, so, so that's the inquiry that uh, Zedekiah makes. He sends these two, two, two guys, um, Pasher, who later on in the book uh, attempts to have uh, Jeremiah executed for treason, <laughs> um, and then um, uh, Zephaniah. Uh, so Zephaniah is later rebuked by the prophet Shemaiah for not opposing Jeremiah's prophecy regarding the length of the exile. And then we, we see him specifically um, executed by Nebuchadnezzar in chapter 52. Um, so again, these are two characters that we'll encounter later in the book. So yeah, so what do we make? Uh, so we have Zedekiah's inquiry, and then we get three responses of God. One to Zedekiah, one to the people, and then this message to the house of David. So let's start with a message to Zedekiah, which might be the only one we can get to today, but, but let's start there, or start there. So um, Zedekiah has come with a very specific uh, inquiry um, or, or hope. Perhaps the Lord will deal with us according to all his wonderful deeds and will make him and him there, Nebuchadnezzar, withdraw from us. Um, what, how does God answer? Yeah, and, and that expectation, like, of, well, it, you know, you know, I'm the, you know, God's chosen king, uh, you know, of the house of David. I'm in God's chosen city, Jerusalem, amongst God's chosen people. So, of course, he's going to do something good for us. 
and we don't have to recount all the horrible, evil things <laughs> that I've been doing, my predecessors have been doing, the people have been doing. As you say, they want to jump over all those bits and, and get to expect the blessings without expecting any of the uh, obedience or repentance on their part. Yeah, he, he wants God to be that, you know, the, the, the Santa Claus, like who gives me what I want um, without any expectations uh, placed on me. And, and as you say, like that, that, like, you know, the contrast of two different kinds of people, <laughs> both human, again, like, it, like um, but one who's trusting in the Lord and, and is given the spirit that allows him to endure all circumstances and the other one who doesn't know the Lord, but still expect that God to, to, to you know, give him the cookie jar. <laughs> um, regardless of the injustice of his reign, uh, regardless of all his horrid actions, he still expects this reward with, without having done anything, um, done any of the things that, that God has required of him of what a king should be, who, and, and we get some of the picture of what a king should be at the end of this chapter, like dispense justice in the morning, like don't let it wait all day. <laughs> this is what a king should be. And, um, you know, he, he makes this address to the house of, like it's, it's, this chapter is kind of strangely structured because he starts off with King Zedekiah very specifically and then very generically at the end. It's, He's addressing the house of David, so kind of kings more broadly speaking. Um, but it's, it's like, this is what kings should be like, and this is what happens to kings who don't do what I've commanded. Um, and as you say, I've said this is what happens to kings uh, who don't dispense justice. Um, you know, they are going to um, feel the wrath of God upon them. And, and Zedekiah has is expecting blessing instead of wrath. Happened. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> See if he can repeat that whole Hezekiah thing. blessing that, again, as you say, he's brought to a prior king. Um, the difference is that prior king, <laughs> uh, you know, performed repentance and humbled himself before God and, and didn't, like, it's this assumption of blessing um, or presumption of blessing um, that we see from Zedekiah. Well, he did it before, so surely it's going to happen again without, you know, acknowledging the, the truth um, that that brought him out the first Dorcas, um, and and God here like uh, the verse you mentioned, I myself will fight against you. This is the only time in Scripture like that phrase is used, where God actually declares, "I will fight against my own people." Like, and it's the complete opposite of what Zechariah has just requested. Like, yeah, go out there, fight those people destroy them, and he's like, no, I'm going to fight against you, I'm going to destroy you, the pestilence you want me to unleash and take out their besieging army, I'm going to pour about you, your very weapons that you're using, you know, want to use to go out and strike, are going to, like, resound upon you, <laughs> like, uh, be used in the city instead of being used against outside the city. Um, and afterwards declares the Lord, I will give Zedekiah, king of Judah, and his servants, and the people in the city who survived the pestilence, sword, and famine into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and into the hand of their enemies, into the hand of those who seek their lives. He will strike them down with the edge of the sword. He shall not pity them or spare them or have compassion. Um, but behind what uh, Nebuchadnezzar is doing, it's, it's God who's saying, He's my tool. <laughs> he is the instrument of my wrath that I am pouring out against you. I'm using Nebuchadnezzar to wage war against you in punishment for the things you've done. Um, so, you know, it, it's the opposite. <laughs> you know, you're expecting blessings uh, to, to go back to the way Chris started us this section. You're expecting the blessings of the covenant. You're getting the curses of the covenant. <laughs> um, that, that is what's going to befall you, and that's what I've determined is going to, to happen to you in this moment. And the, like, the, the enemy is at the gates. Like, at this point, we're not, it's not like some future long-off, um, you know, destruction is coming. Destruction is at the gate. Um, and, and notice, with, it, with the word to, to the people, um, thus says the Lord, Behold, I set before you the way of life and the way of death. He who stays in the city shall die by the sword, by famine, by pestilence. But he who goes out and surrenders to the Chaldeans who are besieging you shall live and shall have his life as a prize of war. Like, you know, he, your city is going to be destroyed. Uh, you're going to lose all your possessions. Uh, like, prize of war, like, 
you know, it's like pirate's booty. <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you get? Um, you get your life. <laughs> you get to keep your life. Um, but it, it requires you surrendering to the instrument of God's punishment, the Chaldeans, uh, surrendering to Nebuchadnezzar. Um, and, and that's what's required in this moment. Because if you, you can keep struggling and you're going to die, or you can surrender and, and live. Um, and it's better to take God's punishment and live than to stubbornly hold out and be consumed by God's wrath. Yeah, Jay. Like the the word there is surrender, um, it, it it the the root is like to fall. <laughs> like you got to go out and like desert, uh, fall upon your knees before the enemies out the gate, um, and it that is the choice. Are are you going to stay and listen to your unrepentant, stubborn leaders? Um, or are you going to save your life by leaving the city and throwing yourself at the mercy of the Chaldeans, who are not exactly known for being merciful guys? Let's let's be clear about this. Like it's, um, but the promise here is you you get to keep your life, um, and this goes back to what we were talking about a, a little earlier. Like it's a spiritual message, but it has political implications and ramifications. So in this case in the midst of the context of a siege, um, you can survive by going over to the enemy. And that's what God is advising his people to do. Go against what you're being, you know, your king's telling you, your leaders are telling you. Uh, go against what they're saying and do this. Commit treason. Um, desert to the enemy. Surrender. Um, and you, you get to keep your life <laughs> as a prize. Um, otherwise, it's sword, it's pestilence, it's death, uh, it's, it's total destruction. Um, and and that's, that's the way of life that's being hold, held before them and the way of death. <laughs> um, the way of death is stay where you are, keep doing the same things you've been doing, um, follow the same uh, leaders you've, you've been listening to, or the way of life, listen to Jeremiah, surrender to the Babylonians, and, and you get to live. Um, it's still judgment. <laughs> You're going to be taken captive, captive, but you get to live. Like, and it's that idea of, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that, Scott, because that's the, the idea. Like, You're accepting the punishment as coming from God, and you, you're, by doing that, you're, you're acknowledging it is right for this judgment to fall upon me. Um, and, and so it's the, the, the idea of someone willing, submit, willing to submit themselves to punishment and acknowledging that punishment is right versus someone who is resisting the punishment 
um, to, to the very end. And the punishment is that much more severe because of their resistance. All right, well, we're at time, so let me uh, close this in a word of prayer. Grace God, um, thank you for, for your spirit. Um, thank you for our Savior uh, who has given us the gift of your comforter um, uh, and consoler, uh, the one who um, has taken root in our hearts um, because uh, without it, uh, we would be stubborn and we would be stiff-necked and we would be following um, the impulses of our dead, unbelieving hearts uh, if it weren't for the gift that you've given us of faith in our Savior, Jesus Christ, applying uh, his perfect work to us uh, by our union with him uh, and by setting your spirit uh, into us. Lord, we pray that you would help us, uh, even this day, uh, glory in the good news of, of your gospel, um, glory in seeing uh, your wrath poured out uh, against sin, um, that uh, we too would be mindful that we are deserving of that wrath and judgment. Uh, help us always to have uh, humble hearts um, that, that acknowledge that we are sinners, uh, deserving nothing but death and judgment, um, but uh, we are delivered because of our great Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, and it's in him that we, we trust, and it's in him our only hope uh, is to be found. Pray that you would help us surrender our hearts uh, to him always. Pray that you would um, guide us in uh, your word uh, as we hear it proclaimed uh, in the coming hour. May we worship you in spirit and truth, and we lift the, all these things up in the matchless name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.